Welcome to the Spike Feed, your leading Magic the Gathering podcast. What is up? My name is Curtis, and we've got another huge show for you. On the line, as per the huge, is my good buddy, shrouded in mystery, Dustin. Dustin, how are you? I'm doing all right. I'm awake and everything, but I almost forgot about we're recording the show tonight. So. <laughs> Man, if only we've done that for the past oh, 40 yeah. weeks. I then know, you known, right? <laughs> then you would have known to show up. Also on the line with me is my producer extraordinaire, Cameron. Cameron, how are you? Oh, peachy, dude. How about you? I'm fantastic because in addition to all this, we have our buddy John Celso from Tap and Sack on the line with us. How you doing, John? Hey, what's happening, guys? Long time listener, first time caller, right? <laughs> right, right on. Uh, you know, hey, the same goes uh, for me. I've been listening to Tap and Sack for a while now, so it's great to have this, can we call it a convergence? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Mathematically, it should be a convergence. <laughs> sweet, sweet. You know, there's some other credentials you have, right? You uh, you stream every once in a while on Twitch. What else do you have going? Oh, geez. I got, like, everything and anything. It, it feels like some weeks. Um, let's see. I write every other week for mtgbrodeals.com. Um, I stream... Uh, pretty much as soon as I, as much as I could. So um, sometimes I do modern streaming for MTG Pro Deals, and I do mm -hmm, mm -hmm. standard and whatever I feel like through the Tap and Tech podcast. Usually I try to do new and different crazy things. So if you're expecting, you know, mild black devotion every single week on stream from me, you're you're not going to get that. If <laughs> if if you want to see me on burial writing Elish Norn from a life from the loam dredge in modern, then then you tune into my stream to check it out. That sounds kind of awesome. Sweet. <laughs> Sweet. So you're a man of uh, many talents and very busy, but you know, thank you for joining us yeah. uh, this week. Oh, I'm glad, excited to be here. I, I did not let my illness get me down. I did not let um, the home that we are now poor for let <laughs> hold me down as well. I, hey, hey man, I, you're building equity, right? It's a lifelong thing. <laughs> yeah, that's what the broker tried to sell to us. Like, no. <laughs> if I look at the banking account, I see zero. That's, <laughs> that's the bottom line. So this is not only the leading uh, Magic the Gathering podcast, but the leading Magic the Gathering and home equity podcast. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you can't beat it. You can't. As long right? as you've got your insurance on it, you're good. Value all over the place. It's right. So much value. Oh, oh my God. Now, of course, so, I got to uh, ask, did, did you sell Magic cards to buy this house? You know, like I, I've heard all those crazy stories. Like I sold part of my collection for a wedding, for a car, for a baby. Right. And I <laughs> for a baby, sold... you're buying babies. <laughs> Whoa, this got weird. That's this got awesome. weird. Oh, yeah. We'll say that that for must have been podcast. like the Eastern Europe edition or something. <laughs> <laughs> but no, fortunately, I got to keep keep my cards. But you know, I was prepared for a conversation if we have to go there. You know, as long as nobody right. touches my legacy deck, that I'll be a happy camper. Okay, yeah, no, that's I... the car right there is the legacy deck. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's probably like a mortgage payment right there for the uh, for the legacy deck. Right, <laughs> dude. It's also an awkward conversation. Um, you know, whenever you have to talk to your your significant other, your spouse, your wife about the actual value of your cards in case something were to happen to you. <laughs> right, and then they say, "Wait, you have how much money in magic yeah. cards?" And you're like, "No, no, no. Let's not focus on that." <laughs> I'm pretty sure Curtis has had a conversation with his wife as far as, "Okay, if I die, don't let Dustin into the house. Don't <laughs> you don't know him? Nothing. What? I can broker it all. It's good." <laughs> no, I'm, well, I'm pretty lucky with my wife because um, 
lately, you know, we have to do these monthly <laughs> budgets and make sure that everything's all kosher, uh, you know, when it comes to financials. So uh, whenever it's big purchases of Magic, you know, I clearly explain, like, you know, here's what I'm buying, here's why I'm buying, here's why I'm buying it, like, you know, explain, like, if I don't get in now, value's going to go even higher, you know, opportunity costs, we talk all those things out, and I think you really need to, because it seems like more and more divorces these days are always because of the financial, so I'm pretty fortunate mm-hmm, to have mm-hmm, somebody mm-hmm. to talk those things through with. Wow, this could, dude, we have hit, like, all kinds of life lessons <laughs> in the first five minutes of this podcast, John. Bravo. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Now, enough of that crap. Let's talk about what really matters, playing Magic this week. Every episode, we like to start out uh, kind of discussing what we did for the week. John, we'll break you in first, man. What did you do in terms of Magic this week? Well, let's see. Um, up here where I live, I'm up in Connecticut for, for listeners out there who have no idea where I am. Um, usually, our events start fairly late. It's like 7, 7.30, because we all know Magic events never, ever, ever start on time. So, right. And I work. I usually get I usually get up for work at like six in the morning. So unless like it's the I'm the eighth guy, it's going to be a three rounder. I'm going to gather at like ten ten thirty. I usually don't jump in. So during the week, I do a lot of play testing. So that's kind of what I've been doing. Uh, SCG Providence is coming up next weekend, so I'm mm-hmm. excited to do a little bit of Legacy for that. So I've been testing Legacy a little bit of modern when I can. Um, Standard, it depends on the format, because I know, you know, a lot of us like to rag on the standard format and how it's stale and all that, but, you know, I, I think there's some standard formats people like and some don't, so um, currently I'm not doing a whole lot of that, and, and same for limited, too. It depends on, you know, if you're limited, uh, your your purview of limited is uh, is favorable or not, so um, haven't been doing much limited either, so me just trying to figure out how many ways I kill people with tendrils of agony. That's kind of been my game so plan. Are you doing Epic Storm or Ant? I, I was doing Epic Storm, and tr- believe me, as a statistician, I love gambling, but Tess is too much of a gamble. The variance is way too much for me to handle, so... <laughs> Um, I like Ant where I can be a little more controlling and and make more of a sure bet when I'm, I know I'm going to go off. So uh, I, I prefer Ant over Tess. But, mm-hmm. man, Burning Wish is like meth or crack or some you know addictive drug where you're <laughs> like, ah, I'm going to put all these cyborg cards that do crazy things. Like, who doesn't want a Burning Wish for reverent silence in Legacy? I mean, let's be honest here. <laughs> It's, it's always the worst whenever your opponent in Legacy goes Burning Wish or Cunning Wish, and you're like, oh, here it comes. <laughs> right? Like, the exact weird spicy card that I'm going to have to read before I realize how hosed I am, right? Yeah, yeah. or like, why is why are they Burning Wish for Grape Shot? Couldn't they just kill me a tendril of that agony? What's going on here? Where am I? <laughs> yeah, I actually just unloaded. How long ago was that, Dustin? I unloaded my Burning Wishes to you. Oh, that's probably been about five months now. Yeah, I I, I did ad nauseum for about a year, mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. I stopped. Oh, I, I miss I, I miss Maverick too much. <laughs> the, the the counting always draws me in. It's you know doing math. That's sign me up. Except for <laughs> modern, modern's too much math and counting. That's that's a headache. You know, <laughs> ten is right easier on. than twenty. I remember, Curtis, you, you just kept complaining when you had your Legacy Storm deck because you'd sit down with somebody for a casual game, and they'd say, what are you playing? You're like, Storm. They're like, no, I don't want to play. And they'd just get oh, up and yeah. leave. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because So John lives in Candyland on the East Coast where there's Legacy <laughs> games all over the place. <laughs> 
He doesn't live in the Midwest well, where standard I, I will say is this. Typically up in like thing. Connecticut and area and stuff like that, it's perceived that people have more money. So that's why they all have legacy decks, right? It makes well, sense. Well, I think also Magic might have just kind of caught on there and stayed around longer and was less of a, kind of a fad thing in the 90s. Maybe? I, th- I think it was a little bit of everything, to be honest. I mean, you have the famous neutral ground store in New York City where BDM, I think, he owned or, or been a major player in. And you mm-hmm. have those roots going back there in the early 90s. But uh, I think there is some sort of disposable income effect, too. Because let's face it, I mean, legacy cards are not cheap. Like I lived in Knoxville, and there was pretty much no legacy going on there. Or if it was, it was the same eight guys showing up every single week. Um, mm-hmm. I lived in- I'm, I'm thinking it's East Coast. You go, you catch your like twelve lobsters, ship them to the Midwest. Boom, legacy deck, right? <laughs> Instantly, right? There you go. <laughs> Stuff's just way expensive here. It makes so sense. you're saying that John's a lobster fisherman? He like, might be. That's already a thing. Well, hey, he might hey, be. To, to be fair, I did eat some beautiful lobster rolls today. It was wonderful. <laughs> See, did you catch? Did you catch that lobster? No, yourself? no. You know, we 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 just make dollar bills rain over here in Connecticut. We, just, we have people do it for us. You nice. have someone like come in from Massachusetts to catch the lobster for you. Is that it? <laughs> exactly. Makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> so, Dustin, did you do any like magic this week? I didn't. I was supposed to go to uh, Star City, Indianapolis. Uh, I was supposed to go with a friend. His car had a flat, and he's uh, running run flats on it. He has to because it's the way the car is built, right? So it's like a super expensive switch out. He didn't have the money for it right away. My car needed brakes and some other stuff done to it, so it was just not safe to go, right? Is this the same friend that, whose window you broke? It is. It is. <laughs> Jeez, man. Yeah. Well, apparently when you own a BMW... Everything's expensive to fix on it, right? <laughs> Probably, Weird. yeah, yeah. Or it just breaks when I get near it. One of the two. I find the key is just to not fix my car ever. You know, like, right? What are you gonna do? So, I don't know. Cameron. I like having brakes. Stopping is a good thing. <laughs> That's just me. I mean, if you if you just let your foot off the gas far enough in advance of Indianapolis, I'm sure you can. Eventually, just you'll coast just roll in. to a stop. Makes sense. Yeah, just you just roll it. right in. Cameron, you played this week, man, so talk to me about it. Yeah, so on um, Friday night, played some Modern and suited up the old Merfolk deck and had a blast. It was probably one of the better nights of Magic I've had in a long while. Um, I split for the, the... I got third place. I split for third. Um, and yeah, so that that was Friday night. It was a great experience. I was all just stoked and ready to go for Saturday TCG States. And I was really excited. I mean, it's limited sealed. I was just totally ready to try something new. Um, And And you haven't been playing a lot of Theros Limited, right? I haven't at all. I mean, not since like probably October. Like really really into it. Um, So, Dustin, my record, this is the Uh most embarrassing (laughs) thing I have to say. Was are you ready for this? One in five. One, zero, three. Wow. <laughs> well, Who technically, draws it limited. You, you you didn't lose a game, right? You were undefeated. Cue the Katy Perry. <laughs> right, right. 
did you just sit down and ID with people? Like, hey, do we really want to play Magic, or do we just want to, like, go down the block to the Dairy Queen, pick up a cone, and come back? How's that, it, it, that I would have had so much better of an experience if that had happened. I had wow. a judge come up to me three separate occasions to tell mm. my opponent, uh, multiple opponents, um, you need to hurry it up. Like, to my opponent, you need to hurry okay, it up. So, so it then, wasn't your fault. It was everybody no, else's no. fault. It, I, I was I, I tied the first one. I was like, okay, that's not too bad. It, it was kind of a fairly weird matchup, and I was playing mm-hmm. like a green black, I don't know, rampy, stompy deck as what it was, I guess. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, tied the first one, won the second one, and then like I was by that time on the third game, my opponent was just a little noobish more than I am, and he was frustratingly slow. I mean, like, we're talking three minutes to deliberate whether or not to play a land. It just <laughs> drove me nuts. I, I, I And, like, the, the, the tilt meter is just slowly <clears throat> clocking up to the point where mm-hmm, by the mm-hmm. fourth round, I'm like, okay, ugh, I hope, like, this next one's going to be okay. And the same thing happened. And this wow. kid just... I uh, just took forever to make a decision on anything to the point where it became like it was embarrassing it was horrible the judge came up is like dude you must have some really bad luck i mean like those players were really slow and i i don't i don't even know how to respond to somebody like that except to like almost flip the table i got so angry so you know Cameron, what you have to say is forcefully like over and over again dude you need to hurry up yeah. Dude, can you play a little bit right. faster? Can you pick up your pace? Make a decision. And, and it sucks to be that way. Um, but I want to ask you the question that all, all of our listeners are at wanting to ask you right now. How many fog effects were in your deck? <laughs> uh, zero fog effects in my deck. <laughs> okay. I, I, I think the yeah. real question is, what money cards did you get out of your limited pool? Jesus. <laughs> oh, <laughs> So I got That's the, what always uh, matters. The, the best card I got out of the set was the uh, the Hydra from the most recent release in uh, Journey into Nyx. Um, He's the dollar Hydra that I like. Is that the yeah. Broodmaster Hydra? Broodmaster? Broodmaster. The Broodmaster, yeah. That was the best card, the best playing card I right. probably had in the deck. Um, I got a Silver and Carotid as well. That's not bad. It's like seven bucks. Yeah. yeah. That, that was about it. So, Yeah. <sighs> Oh, Cameron. Oh, it was bad, dude. Bad. Well, there was Friday. You had Friday night. That was awesome. Friday night was was good. How many people played in your your event that you got third place? Was it like three or four? (laughs) (laughs) Daggers. Always, always. No, there were were 27 people at the the bottom. Whoa. So, yeah. And Merfolk, it does does the job. I mean, do I love it? No. Do I like it? Yes. And it, it's a very effective mm-hmm. deck. And when it goes, it's a lot of fun to play. Well, and you're getting value now because if you look at the retail price for Ether Vials, those are just climbing and climbing and climbing, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Indeed, they are. Curtis? Oh, because of you, Cameron. Yeah, what's up, Dustin? I think Cameron's growing up. It's one of them things. I think he is, too. We're about we just ready to, to just let him go. No, he needs to play a big boy deck. I mean, Merfolk is <laughs> is still training wheels. I'm sorry. 
I know it's good. I know it can win a modern tournament. I know all those things. <laughs> but, dude, you can play Merfolk in a, in a modern tournament, and a thought will not enter your brain the entire time. <laughs> yeah, if he can XO a Legacy Open with Doomsday, we definitely know that Cameron has, has made it to the peak, right? There we go. Right. Yeah. There you go. And, dude, he was, like, all in on, like, building Scapeshift. Did like two proxy practice matches, like goldfished it, and then he's like, "Nope, too hard, too slow." <laughs> well, to really be fair, so that, that is pretty dirtily. Like, <laughs> it's like the Snorlax of modern. You're just waiting to poke it and poke it and poke it, and it's just gonna wake up and then smash somebody once it's up. But till then, it just sits there, does nothing. Right, right. Which, by the way, I did play against <clears throat> Merfolk in modern on Saturday. I played a modern six man, which is. A giant modern tournament for my store. Okay. <laughs> it really is. It's really wow. sad that that's true. And, uh, you know, I'm doing the, the uh, Shaheen Sarani blue-white tap-out controls, which main decks three Supreme Verdicts. So, yeah. <laughs> Mer- Curtis, Merfolk you know the, was pretty, uh, pretty straightforward. You know the um, legacy tournament they're having down south now is actually like 20, 30-some-odd people each time, right? Dude, it's proxies. I'm just and saying, they actually have a better turnout than it's modern. It's like a $25 buy-in. Like, what in the world? I'm just letting you know. They have a better turnout than modern. Okay. Well, whatever. The point is this. I want to talk about my Thursday night magic. So I've been told that Thursday night, more experienced players go to my local shop to play than F&M. There's been a huge influx of newer <clears throat> players um, at my shop because, you know, and I think we were mentioning this earlier, standard isn't necessarily the most popular thing with some of the more experienced players mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and so i've been playing just straight green red monsters but i've been wanting to move into jun monsters so dustin stopped by my house right before i went to the tournament here's Perfect your cards timing. i sleeve them up okay and here's what happens it's a, f- a five rounder then we're going to cut to top eight i don't remember how many people were there but enough to make that happen okay mm-hmm. i go oh two Okay. And I get a third round buy and I'm thinking about leaving because how many times do you money an F&M going 02 to begin with? Does that ever happen to anybody? No. No. So I'm sitting there playing some modern practice matches because the modern PTQ is this coming weekend. And, um, you know, I, I look at somebody and I was, or I, I talked to the store owner. I was like, dude, I'm like one and two because I just got a buy. Like, I have no shot, right? He's like, there are no three O's. And I'm like, what? He's like, there's been so many draws. There are no three O's. Was Cameron you are still there? very much alive. <laughs> Was okay. Cameron there? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's probably in a Groucho Marx, like glasses and <laughs> right, right. mustache. Handing right? people candy bars going, just draw with me. <laughs> so he, here's what happened. So in my shop, they're playing like this, you know, one of these uh, stations, radio stations, that they're all about playing anything, right? They don't care. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you'll have like 50 Cent and then like Nirvana right. and then like Sticks. It's just like all <laughs> over the place, right? And so I'm sitting there kind of goldfishing my modern deck, waiting for my round four, and I'm thinking, oh, I should just drop, go home. And who... Who starts playing on the radio but one Mr. Steve Winwood, right? Nice. And I go, I, this is what happened. I go, aw, yeah, Steve Winwood. And everybody else gives me a blank look. And it occurs to me <laughs> in this very, very sad moment, 
<laughs> that I am the only person above 30 in this room. <laughs> wow. And I'm the only person who knows who Steve Winwood is. Right, and so I realized. So I've heard the name. Sign. I can't think of any songs he did. They all well, sound the same. Yeah, really? they all sound the same. This song is uh, called "When You See a Chance," I, I believe, is what the title is. Yep. <laughs> and it okay. starts playing, okay. and I realize this is a sign from. Well, I mean, from God, obviously. Steve right? Winwood. Steve Winwood is obviously, you know, the messenger from uh, the Almighty to me <laughs> to not quit the tournament. Obviously, obviously. Right, right. Right? So then I go, I win the next two matches. Somehow I get into the top eight at seventh place. Okay? <laughs> win my quarterfinal, semifinal match, split finals, boom. Right? Money. All Money. All because of Steve Winwood, if you can believe that. <laughs> wow. The power of Steve Winwood. <laughs> right. Interesting. Right. So... There's there's my story. I also like I said I played modern. I got second place out of six people, and there is like not a single interesting thing to say about it. I am PTQing a constructed format, which I've never done before this mm-hmm. Saturday. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I mean, I PTQed sealed before, but I've never done modern or standard. So I'm sure it'll be a disaster because I haven't had the ability to test it at all. <clears throat> um, but we'll see what happens there. You'll get a full report next week. Well, I got a quick question, all right? Sure. And, and we've mentioned it. it twice already about Steve Winwood. Not not Steve Winwood, but about people <laughs> just angry or not happy with the uh, the way standard is, right? And I don't understand why people bash standard all the freaking time. Why not just like make the best out of the situation that you have, right? There's still money to be made. There's still tournaments to be won. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why people get so fed up. Well, I think from from my viewpoint first of all i've been on i've moneyed this standard quite a lot right Mm -hmm. like i've done Mm -hmm. financially well my record's good in this standard i think it's kind of boring whenever it was mono blue mono black uh green red monsters and blue white right but i I, anytime i'm making money i'm not bored i don't get it (laughs) that's fair (laughs) that's true i mean i think i think it depends on like what are your feasible options and all that like up here to what Curtis alluded to before, there's plenty of modern and legacy events to go around. So mm-hmm. there's no like shortage of magic to get myself into. But I let's see. just let's suppose say I was down in Knoxville where I don't have eternal formats to go to. So if I want to play magic at my LGS, I either gotta play limited or I wanna play standard. And I think mm-hmm. my decision making would be a little different at that point. Because to your point, like why would I just sit there and do nothing where I could just grab a deck and go, go to my LGS and play some magic? So Right. Um, yeah, and I think in that case, I would make the most out of the situation. Like, I don't want to go high money into a standard deck that's going to lose a ton of value when we're getting towards the end mm-hmm. of the season, too. Because um, I have to be a little cognizant of that. So, uh, like Makes I said, sense. I think it depends on what are your options and, and, and all, all that. I think that comes into play. I almost think Cameron has too many options. Like, his shop does everything so well. It does. That when he first got back in, he was, like, trying to buy Standard, trying to buy Modern, trying mm-hmm. to buy Legacy. Then mm-hmm. his Standard deck gets stolen because he doesn't keep track of his stuff. And then, you know, it's very complicated. Yeah. But, but he's in Shangri-La, so it's it's okay, right? <laughs> oh, I, I like it. <laughs> Dude. 
We 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 have so many discussions about how I want to go there just to play. Like I want to live in Des Moines just to play at his shop. Anyway, let's um <laughs> let's get out of this segment. We'll come right back. Okay, welcome back. We took the break to, you know, talk a lot about Steve Winwood's greatest hits. Um educate ourselves on that topic but we want to talk a little bit about the changes to grand prix buys so uh with the exception of dustin who just goes to grand prix to trade or not trade if it's in minnesota um seriously dude you got to get that strained out with that state i don't know what the deal is i think the 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 catches just don't go like minnesota every year will just be my week off i can go to vegas or something just have fun i don't know john you said you used to live in minnesota yeah, I spent an internship out there for about six months over in St. Paul. So here's here's what happens. Dustin goes to any big event in Minneapolis because that's a real quick drive for us. Sure. Mm-hmm. And he cannot move any of his foreign cards ever. There. It's rough. It's really right. rough. Why? Why up there? I mean, you would think it's a major metro. You know, there's lots of jobs up there and and like big corporations are up there too i mean you have target you have 3m which was my former employer um Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's odd but you know if you want to get rid of exotic cards definitely got to come up to the new england that's boston new york really that's the really even maryland surprisingly has a huge legacy community legacy and vintage too hmm i'll remember that dustin yeah I will. It's I can send there you go, pe- Dustin. I could send people to get lobsters for us. Yeah, you know, right. Fantastic. <laughs> Let's do this, right? <laughs> Sweet. Sweet. So, do you actually have people trade the cards for you? Is that how that works? Or? <laughs> we ring a bell, and then somebody comes out, and they go, okay. <laughs> they show us two cards, each on a, a white glove hand, you know? Nice. Yeah. Would you like to get rid of this tabernacle pendril veil or this moat? And and then you choose. Yes, I would like to get rid of the tabernacle today and and arrange it. It's quite nice. That's not power. It's too cheap. Get it away. And then you're like, Jeeves, stop wasting my time with these trades. Right. Uh, I asked for beta. (laughs) This is revised. You're mocking me. (laughs) Uh, So back on topic. Grand Prix, the buy situation has changed in that uh, instead of a quarterly point system, it's a yearly point system. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. you have to hit, I believe the threshold is 1300 for one buy for one. And then, uh, 2,250, which, you know, that's a pretty, that's a pretty hefty chunk of playing within a year, uh, for sure. I so, think it's, I think it's fairly manageable. I do too. Now, as you might expect, some people were upset about this. Some people like the changes, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm pretty on the record about my thoughts on buys. So, uh, John, what what what's your thoughts on this stuff, man? Um, well, let's see. Now they're getting rid of because I believe at the seasonal you can get up to three buys based on your planeswalker points, and they're taking that away. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that I think that's loving the playing field a little bit more. What I think disheartens me a little bit though is when we were talking about this before the cast is your um i think gold level and up pros and your hall of famers still are eligible to get three buys which i'm not sure why i mean i get it in the sense that they worked hard to get to that point to earn that but on the other sense you know it is kind of like a gravy train so people could perceive this as the rich get richer so i kind of hope they fix that at some point but you know, I think with most things Wizard does, there's there's some positive and there's some negative. 
I, I like the positive more than the negative in this case. I think that having fewer buys will definitely um, help the greater good in this case. Hmm. So I know Dustin's heard this from me. I don't know how many times. Countless. I hate, I hate all of it. I just hate, I hate all buys. I hate them. I, mm-hmm. I don't, I realize why they exist. I realize that they create incentive. I realize that the pro players need some kind of incentive to get them to come to a tournament and buys provide a very, you know, cheap way to create incentive. Um, but again, you are talking about something that really, really, really damages the competitive integrity right. of an actual tournament. It does. And uh, particularly when buys provide perfect tiebreakers, I just strongly disagree with their usage. Um, and again, that's not me like trying to call anybody out or think that they don't deserve to win a tournament. But, you know, I, I think... You think everybody that, should have to work for it equally? Yeah, I think that's in the spirit of sport. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. the the ways that buys work in sports are you go through the entire regular season the same way as everyone else, right? Mm-hmm. And then if you are one of the top, top tier teams, you would get a buy in what would the equivalent of the top eight would be, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and that's how like football and baseball and all these other sports do it, which makes a little bit more sense to me. I don't think that should happen to Magic. But to give someone upfront <clears throat> buys that create perfect tiebreakers, and I also think that, you know, Wizards is so weird about how they handle the pro player community because on one hand it's like they want to create them as stars and reasons to go to the game or reasons to go to these Grand Prix and pro tours and attach names to things but I think they do a really bad job of that and I think if you ask most competitive players they don't really care if pro players are at the Grand Prix or not Mm -hmm. you know maybe maybe I'm off base there but I don't I don't know that it really matters you know Uh, is that awful of me no, I don't think so, because um, you could give other incentives that are not buy-related, like you can bring back appearance fees, you could um, do certain <laughs> showcases for them, I mean, or give them some sort of VIP benefits, without damaging the integrity mm-hmm. of the actual tournament itself by giving them some you know, unfair advantage. And the other thing, too, is I, I was listening to your argument, which is uh, definitely you know, uh, very reasonable, <laughs> is... Not all points are the same. So, you know, grinding points out at a local legacy event where you have, you know, a lot of heavy legacy grinders is completely different than crushing eight-year-olds at a limited event in another store in another part of the country. Like, say, in Des Moines. (laughs) What I do on a weekly basis. Ouch. I wasn't even going there. (laughs) I was thinking it. Everybody was thinking it. <laughs> well, I apologize for putting that on a tee, but you know what I mean, like it's it's easy. There's easier ways of grinding the points to get the buys in other ways, and same for GPTs too. Some GPTs are considerably harder than others. So, mm-hmm. and and I don't think there's going to be one solution that works for everybody outside of probably just banning buys outright. Which, you know, I can see that potentially happening if there's enough uproar about it. Um, so I, yeah, that's kind of my extra two cents out to that. Curtis, this is, this is what I want you to do. I want you to get a t-shirt yes. made that you wear to the big events. It says, don't cry to me cause you lost your buys. Be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, can I put a suntail hawk on underneath that? Like, of course. Well, that's what but, the suntail yeah. hawk will be saying. It'll be in the call out. <laughs> right, right. 
It'd be great. It'd be great. <laughs> nice. As he soars above the competition majestically. Exactly. Right? Um, okay, another really quick thing I wanted to mention. So, conspiracies like in a week, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, you guys know how much I love multiplayer magic. It's like <laughs> my favorite. You love as uh, much as Steve Winwood, would you say? I think they're on polar. I mean, just sarcasm out of the equation. They're on opposite <laughs> ends of the spectrum. Wow! So you <laughs> throw Winwood, Steve Winwood, and he gets fires me. <laughs> multiplayer magic uh, makes me believe that humanity's destined for a horrible, horrible fate. Okay. <laughs> See the difference? Wow. <laughs> There's a scale there. Yeah, that was like my mm-hmm. scale on the podcast from Windchill to Tom Brady. I mean, it's pretty evident. <laughs> indeed, uh, indeed. So, uh, Cameron, I'm sure your event, your your local store is going to have like conspiracy and give out modern masters packs as prizes and right <laughs> onslaught tournament decks. Yeah. I have been invited yeah. to a couple of conspiracy events that I'm just kind of like, eh, don't do it. No, man. I don't okay. know how to say no. I need to like break up with them gently. do they pay out in gold actual gold <laughs> do they give you <laughs> be nice uh, uh spanish gold coin that was found in the caribbean right, right. that's what his store pays out one in. per yeah. win <laughs> yeah. yeah game win not match win game actually win. so I, I think cameron does need to play conspiracy because i know i'm not and curtis i know you're not but at least we'll have somebody to talk about the actual experience. I'll play a match. I will. At I least will one, play. right? You've yeah. got to try it and then tell us how horrible it is. We can't just say <laughs> it's super horrible before anybody tries it. It's true. Yeah, I, th- I think it's going to be fun. Like, to do it once or twice, and especially if it's f- people that you know, friends of yours that <laughs> go to the shop, I-, I have some hope for the product. But, like, am I going to pay as much as Modern Masters to play in an eight- eight-man draft? Probably not. But... Will I pick up some cards from my cube? Most likely, but like I don't have you know your typical power cube or Stoneforge Mystic Mysticing for Batter Skull. Like I have a Cillier pod where, or uh, Cillier cube where you birthing pod your Colossal Will for a Greater Morphling type of cube. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that sounds like way more my style, honestly. <laughs> so Dustin, awesome. you're n- you're not going to pick up a box or anything. I don't plan on doing anything with conspiracy. I'm gonna wait a while, let the dust settle, see where prices go, and then I'm just gonna trade in the stuff that people don't want or hit eBay when prices are cheap. I believe it's not all the way spoiled though, right? So I have not seen a full spoiler yet. I mean, this is Sunday night, by the way, so it could be you know some crazy stuff happens, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I, I I can't imagine. It. I mean, that's just me. I'm just way too competitive of a human being, right, to enjoy that kind of thing. Right, um, but I just wanted to get that out there. It's probably a great prod product for multiplayer magic. I don't have the same frustrations with it as I do Vintage Masters, which is another another ball of wax. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so let's have Cameron become a spike. <laughs> This week, like every week, we give Cameron an older card and have him evaluate it using his keen card evaluation skills. And a little segment we like to call Cameron Becomes a Spike. We like to move him past his, um, you know, will we call you a brewer right now? I don't know yeah. exactly what stage you're in. I don't know. Curb stomping eight-year-olds. That's I think he's still just a toddler. 
that episode of Seinfeld where Kramer is um, beating up on little kids in karate practice, that's like what you do at Magic. <laughs> that's that's the level I'm at right now, yeah. So we'll say Yellow Belt. Yellow Belt. Okay, he's an MTG Yellow Belt. I like that. Um, so Cameron, read us this card we gave you today. So today we have Koldotha Forge Master. It's an mm-hmm. artifact creature construct. It mm-hmm. has five mm-hmm. colorless mana for the uh, casting cost. It is a 3-5, and it has tap. Sacrifice three artifacts, search your library for an artifact card, and put it onto the battlefield. Then shuffle your library. So, yeah, sacrifice three artifacts and get a Darksteel Colossus, which would be pretty awesome, right? Um, why, why a Darksteel Colossus instead of a Blightsteel Colossus? What's a bl- I don't know a Blightsteel Colossus, I guess. Same thing, so. but he does poison counters instead. So he can kill you in one swing instead of two. Oh, right. okay. Okay. So there's that. But, um, you know, I think in Vintage, this would actually be kind of good with like all the different artifact mana producers that you could get with your Moxes. So, I mean, you could possibly get this guy out on turn <laughs> even one, two, or three to sacrifice those three artifacts in order to get a, you know... Your bright steel colossus or dark steel colossus? Did you just call it a bright steel colossus? What, it's so shiny. What? Oh, I don't know. Blight, man. It's Blight. poison counters. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, sorry. Blight. No, know your terminology, Cameron. Uh, so, John, you've had experience with this card. Oh yeah, the good old uh, turn one player ancient tomb or city of traders for two mana. Play your grim monolith and play your meta worker. Uh, turn two, untap, tap your metal worker for mana, show like three artifacts, one of them's a code off the Forge Master, put it right in play. Pass turn, just sit there unsuspiciously, <clears throat> especially when you get somebody that has no idea what you're up to, and then you just untap, wait, and then, oh, yeah, and a turn, sack my metal worker, Forge Master, and Grim Monolith, put a Blight Steel in play, attack you. <laughs> GG. So, how does that game plan change when you play a Bright Steel Colossus? <laughs> well, you then I put it in play. You blind them, and then you just wreck the board. <laughs> Hold the card in front of their face. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we are way over time and way unfocused. So, let's get out of this episode, right? John, if someone wants to contact you, they have many avenues to do this. Yes? How can they do it? Uh, J-Date is the first place you want to go. Uh, oh, actually, no, that's not that's not the place you want to go. Uh, Twitter. I'll go. <laughs> You'll go there? <laughs> we go to uh, Twitter, at Balduvian Bears. Facebook, same thing. Um, come check out our podcast. It's pretty fun. Tap and Sack podcast, tapandsack.com. Um, I think we're on iTunes. You can pretty much find us anywhere and everywhere. Um, like I said, bi-weekly, you can find my articles at ntgbrodeals.com. Um, weekly, I post for tapattack.com, except for this past week, I was pretty sick. Um, so, but that's, I'm pretty accessible over the internet. Dustin, if someone would want to get a hold of you. I think I'll right? actually be killed by Cameron sometime later this week, so don't bother. <laughs> They'll have to contact the, uh, morgue just north of Kansas City. <laughs> or um, Iowa, depending on where he drags send my body. flowers too. Right. Cameron, if someone would like to get a hold of you... At Cameron underscore McCoy. And I am at Curtis Now. You can listen to our podcast on mtgcast.com, brainstormbrewery.com, and our own website, <clears throat> Spike... <laughs> Spike.
Godspeed.com. Oh, get us out of here. We'll catch you guys next week. <laughs>